Hello and welcome to the Atomic Kingdom Podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is Tom. Hello. Tom, we're hanging out too often, I think. I think we need some, I know, right? we need some time apart um, soon. Not now. <laughs> Uh, also joining us tonight from the Just Two Pals podcast, part of the Atomic Geekdom family of podcasts, is pal number one, Johnny. Hi. Hello. Oh, hi. Hola. What up, dude? Bonjour. Uh, Venezuela. Uh, aloha. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that is. You, <laughs> Shakira. Shakira. Oh. Those hips, they mm. don't lie. Nope, uh, not at all. I've I've gathered us all together, and we've tried to postpone this long enough so that we could get Jenny on too, but she's just too darn busy at her job because I wanted us all here, because, and I also wanted Shannon on the show because she wrote a fine review over at the Geekly Planet about this topic, but we're going to talk about Stranger Things, the phenomenon that has struck the summer. Uh, the next- Damn it, ladies. Damn it, ladies. You can't get on. They're they're both too busy having actual lives, oh. or maybe they're both too busy getting off. <laughs> right, right, Tom. It's possible. Yeah. At just two pals, women. At <laughs> just two pals is where you can find all of Johnny's musings. <laughs> about... I don't understand. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but we're we're stoked to talk about Stranger Things because or Stranger Things because that show was amazing. I was. I fell in love with it immediately. I wanted more and more, and I got to the finale, and I'm like, wait, no, this is the last one? It can't be. I need more. Because I just enjoyed it so much. Um, and we're going to talk about why we enjoyed it, what we thought was so great about it, and look at the season as a whole. So spoilers, if you have not finished Stranger Things, you're going to want to not listen now and come back after you watch it, because I think all three of us would tell you you should watch the show. Yeah, my son watched it, and he told me, he said, this is a show you got to watch. Because, you know, he sits here and listens to me on these podcasts, and he's like, this is a show you got to watch. And I kind of kept putting it off, putting it off. And I was sitting in my cave, and he's like, dude, watch Stranger Things. He watched the first episode with me. It got to be the third episode, and he's still sitting there with me. He'd already watched it. And he goes, are you sucked in? I said, dude, I was sucked in on episode one. I went, I got, I got to episode six that night and I got home. I, next day I got up and he's like, how far did you get? I said, six. He's like, oh my God, you stayed up all night. I said, that's how good it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Johnny, you would recommend it to anybody. Oh, I, um, I didn't really care for it. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're the, you're the one, huh? No, man. I'm kidding. <laughs> this show, is, this show is fucking amazing. Oh, um, I, I I very heavily encourage anyone to watch it. Yeah, it 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 fires on all cylinders. Yep, it, it's amazing in every way. I think. I mean, I, I I I've talked to people who have loved it, and I've talked to people who have said, "Yeah, it was fine." Um, no one that I have talked to has said that it was not good, or it wasn't up their alley, or it wasn't entertaining. Everyone had something good to say about it. My mm-hmm. daughter actually watched it, and she downloaded the the opening the opening sequence song that's the uh, ringtone now yeah she, that's that, cool yeah yeah that's how she how she loves it so uh yeah I, I i the music was great throughout the entire i mean even the soundtrack like they did they do some good like clash stuff in there cuz it's an 80s movie uh, yeah through and through it's an 80s movie like this is dedicated like this is a 
a a a love song to all the things good about the eighties, if there was such a thing. Um, being a you child, don't know about the eighties. It's okay. Who me? No, you don't know about the eighties. You're saying I don't. You were you like born at the end of the eighties? I was born in eighty one. Okay, I'm a so child. I'm a child of the eighties, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I was born mid eighties. There you go. That counts. Even though you're one of Thank those, you. you're one of those filthy millennials. As the I old man, I, I, know, the, I know the whole eight. I'm pretty so. sure eighty two and up is a millennial. Is it really? That's the last I heard. I thought millennials were younger than that. I thought it was nineties kids. But I was. I don't know. I was mistaken. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about millennials. We're talking about Stranger Things and how it's set in the 80s. Anyway, Bare Basic Bones of the show is about a 12-year-old boy, Will Byers, who vanishes mysteriously. Will's mother, Joy, searches for him while Police Chief Jim Hopper launches his own investigation. Meanwhile, Will's friends, Dustin, Mike, and Lucas, discover a girl with special abilities who claims to know Will's location. As they uncover the truth, a sinister government agency tries to cover it up with a more insidious force, or while a more insidious force lurks below the surface. You might say it's underneath the surface. Mm. I would have have worded it that way. Um, You might. The show is brought to you by the Duffer Brothers. I remember hearing about this series being made when Netflix announced it, uh, because I remember them talking about something that they're doing with Renona Ryder. I'm like, oh, all right, and Matthew Modine. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's see what that ends up being about. And then we thought it was like this horror anthology. We weren't really sure what it was going to be about. Um, and then I just watched, I didn't watch the trailer. I watched the first episode, and I loved it. It's got a real homage to, like, everything 80s from Spielberg, John Carpenter, Stephen King. It, like, mashes it all together. Like, even the opening makes it feel like, Mm-hmm. Like a like a like 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 the stand almost that miniseries from the nineties, like you're just kind of taking a walk through this this facility and it leads you to this guy who's being chased by something and he gets into an elevator and of course the elevator won't open fast enough and then when he gets open it just sits there forever like the elevator won't go up for some reason for a very long time and then whatever's chasing him is above him and it kills him and then you get the title yep. then you get the title credits which are amazing. Just just the letters and the words Stranger Things flying at you with some awesome music. Great, great credits. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. really it really sucks you in, like immediately. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I, w- I also thought it was gonna wind up being some anthology thing, and I'm so glad that it's not. Because this is one of those shows where I absolutely wanna see every single one of these characters again. Yeah. I'm not I'm not done with them at all. No, which which doesn't seem to happen a lot in TV anymore. You know what I mean? Like normally you got to get seasons in to really be super invested in characters and and actually care about them and feel like, oh, I definitely want to see this character return next season. This show got it like within the first few episodes. I was like, I I never want these characters to leave my environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it starts the The series starts November sixth, nineteen eighty three. We're in we're in a small town of Indiana, which again, very very eighties style movie. Where we're just in the small town. Um, it felt very Back to the Future at the beginning because you're getting a lot of stuff like the news is broadcasting, so it's like you're in Doc Brown's garage. Uh, I felt like like it's the camera pans around this one room that goes uh, downstairs to where the kids are playing D and D, I believe. 
mm-hmm. saw the first episode. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right away, these kids are the coolest kids I knew when I was a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> these, was, I didn't play D&D, but these were my kids, you know? These are my friends. Uh, they were they were so into it, and like I fell in love with these kids right away. I I enjoyed their dynamic together as friends. Uh, Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and and Will. Will, little Will. Uh, Good old Will Byers, who the show is entirely about, but we barely see <laughs> the poor actor. Uh, yeah, which I think is great. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that that actor uh, is going to be real prominent in the next season. I, I would hope so. You kind of, yeah, you kind of have to think so. Um, but yeah, he's the main focus. He, this kid disappears after a night of uh, ten hours, I think, or nine hours of D and D. Like his mom yells at him, "It's time to go home," and he's like, "How was I supposed to know it was going to last nine hours?" She's like, "You've been playing for nine hours." <laughs> <laughs> And so they all have to For go anybody, home. Anybody that's gotten into a and d game, it happens. <laughs> I've never played D&D, and I've never had an interest in it, but now I want to play it. Like, they made it look like a lot of fun. Well, it was hilarious. He's like, it's the Demigorgon. I know it's the Demigorgon. And he's like, it's these things. He's like, oh, thank God, it's these things. And then they're, they're talking to each other, and then all of a sudden, but then there's a low brumbling. And they're like, what? And then it's shaking these other creatures. And then like, what's happening? And it's a Demogorgon. And like, ah, oh, we knew it. We're, <laughs> we did it. we're uh, so screwed. When I was stationed down here the first time, a buddy of mine, he would always like to DM. So we would play D&D. But ours was like, you know, drinking beer, cutting up, having a good time. But he he portrayed the DM just exactly like Will did. It was like the noises, the the feeling. But we were still having fun, drinking beer, having a great time. There was about about six or seven of us. Just it, it, it was a party for us. No, Mike. Mike was the DM. Uh, let's 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 keep it straight. Mike was the DM because oh, yeah. Will oh, Will Will rolls the dice and then they they can't find the dice and he's like, well, Will's or Mike's not here. We can tell whatever we want it is so that we can beat it. But then Will comes upstairs when you're leaving. He says it was a seven. And he says the Demogorgon killed me or got me. I thought that. So cool. Like, Such a like great... you established your characters super early on. Yeah. Like, right away, you know, like, he he sets that storyline up because he would, it's it's more of like a, you know, like, this is this is the future type of thing. I forget what they call that, that device. Uh, right now, my brain isn't working. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it ends up being the truth, like, the demi, what they, they call this creature that's in this show, the Demigorgon, the kids do, at least. Uh, just as something, yeah, something to, re- right, to refer to. Um, so you have the storyline of this kid who vanishes on his ride home. He's racing uh, my favorite character, Dustin, the kid with the lisp. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite kid character. I mean, I imagine myself through him, you know, like that would be me as a kid. Uh, he, I related to him. I didn't have a lisp, but I was, you know, the dumb one, the, the goofy one uh, for sure as a kid. Uh, so I, I, they're racing home and he said he could have whatever comic book you want if you beat me and he references an issue of X-Men, which actually is about the Dark Phoenix. It's right in the middle of the Dark Phoenix saga. I looked it up. I wanted to make sure I knew the the storyline. And it, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty close to a lot of things that L is about and about Will miss, going missing. And it's, it's pretty pretty accurate. Nice little thorough line um, for the storyline. Anyway. Uh, and so they're racing and he goes in the woods and he, he's, he gets kind of uh, away from... Dustin and he sees this thing in the woods starts chasing me runs home nobody's home mom brother not not home and then he goes out to the shed and this thing is in the shed and then poof gone 
so that that sets up that storyline of of where where is Will type stuff. Uh, meanwhile, in that that facility, something has escaped. And uh, I don't know. Do any of you guys want to talk about the the L storyline? Well, Tom has notes, doesn't he? I do. He sure does, Tom. Yeah. Set up well, those the, notes, pal. The, the L storyline. I mean, this this girl just suddenly appears, and you don't know where she came from. Well, she's wearing that yeah. outfit. She's got the, like, yeah. the 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 like she's in a hospital outfit, like a hospital gown. Right. Yeah. She's gown. coming out with a gown and all that, and then she just kind of rolls into town, and nobody knows. She ends up at at that diner just stealing food. Right. He he goes into the town, and the town still, at at the same time, they start looking for Will. So they don't know, in my opinion, they didn't know what they were looking for, but they were tracking something else. That's what I got out of the show. What do you mean? They were, at the same time, Hopper was looking for Will, but at the same time, he was following Elle's tracks. You know what I mean? Well, the, the, his search for Will kind of intersected with that story about that girl showing up. And right. then the only reason he started thinking it might have been Will was because uh, he asked that one older guy if it could have been Will. And the guy's like, I don't know. I guess it could have. Oh, right. He thinks for a second that it's intersecting because he thinks that this person, this kid that showed up is Will. Because they didn't realize it was a girl for a long time. That right. Elle was a girl. Yeah, she's got, the, she's got the buzz head and right. she's just a girl. So. And they, they but did... then she's got abilities. She's right. um, psychokinetic. She's, uh, what? Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can move things with her mind. Um, and at first, she's got a very limited vocabulary. She doesn't really know words that well. Oh, my God. That, that girl, it, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. She was, I, I am very critical of child actors because a lot of times it just seems like they grab a kid off the street and say, here are your lines. And sometimes they strike gold like uh, Haley Joel Osment and uh, Dakota Fanning, right? Like those two, for me, they stick out as like the child actors who were just strong in every way. Yeah. Uh, all the kids in this show, but for me, especially the girl that played Eleven were phenomenal. Uh, I, I totally, I totally felt like I was watching like a real life scenario, not just a kid read a script. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I think all the kids did a great job in this and especially her. Uh, she had such a weird role to play and mm. I think she did it very well. Yeah. Um, so sticking, well, I mean, uh, we could kind of go episode by episode since there's only eight, <laughs> to get through the storyline or we can just kind of generalize it. What do you guys feel like doing? I don't like going a little episode by episode. All right. So just kind of talking about what we liked, what was interesting or whatever. Yeah. So, so the next day is when they meet L or when we meet L a young girl, with a shaved head, she shows up, she's wearing the hospital gown. She steals food from a local diner where the owner catches her and he kind of, you know, feels bad for her. So he starts feeding her, but he doesn't, he wants her to answer his questions so he can find out who she is, where she ran away from, that kind of stuff. So she's kind of like withholding food until she answers the questions. Um, she likes cheeseburgers right away. I mean, who doesn't? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She so, started stealing his fries. Right. Uh, um, that guy, uh, the the cook, mm-hmm. the owner of the diner, uh, that actor played uh, a character on The Nick, 
that Clive Owen surgeon show. Sure. And he's really great on that show. Uh, um, actor is Chris Sullivan. Yeah, I'm a little bummed. He's actually going to be in the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Oh, is he really? He's playing Taserface. Oh, he is. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him. I like him a lot on the Nick, uh, and I really liked him in this. I, I'm super bummed his character didn't continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, um, he he tries <clears throat> he tries to help, so he calls social services, and the phone call gets uh, gets inter- intercepted by this government agency. Uh, a woman posing as a social worker shows up and shoots Benny, trying to find Elle, and she gets away though. Um, Arn you know, Arnrend searching the, the the diner, but she does get away. Uh, meanwhile, Joyce, who is Will's mother, um thinks she hears Will's voice on a phone call, but the phone cuts out. And so we have that storyline going. She's uh, desperately trying to find her son. It's a, I think it's a great storyline for her, for the mother. I think Winona, mm-hmm. Winona Ryder, again, like, as another person who really does well with this role. Well, I have to say, Winona Ryder, this is the best performance I've had for her in probably forever. I mean, she killed this role. Yeah, I think... Yeah, one- I agree. One thing you get from this the show, everybody buys in. Like everybody, yeah. nobody's chewing scenery. Everybody, may, maybe a little bit of Matthew Bonin, but I think I think the performances were all good, if not great. Um, so yeah, uh, the episode ends with Lucas, Mike, and Dustin going to the woods and finding or trying to find Will, but instead uh, they find this girl, and that's how the episode ends. Uh, chapter two, they call it, each episode is called a chapter. So chapter two is the weirdo on Maple Street. Uh, <laughs> the boys find out her name is Eleven because it's uh, tattooed on her arm. So they nickname her L, which I thought was great. Very cool. Um, I like that. And then now we have the question of, so she's Eleven and later we find out she's being experimented on and the other kids were as well. So we have to assume she's the 11th one. Right. Like, yeah, that that was the first thing that came to mind when she showed off her eleven tattoo. I was like, "All right, well, where's one through ten? Exactly. Right. And are there you know twelve and up? Mm-hmm. Is there any chance for that? So that's possibly something we we could explore in season two. We don't know because uh, that is a question that does not get answered in season one. I'll put that right out there. We don't get answered, but which is okay though. I thought. Yeah. So the the season ended with. Several questions answered and several questions unanswered, which I'm I'm usually okay with. You know, I hate when there are more unanswered questions than answered questions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it, then I feel like it's such a cheap trick to get people to buy into the next season or the next episode or whatever. Right. Um, but I think they did a really good job of wrapping up the storylines and then kind of introducing new ones and and new questions. Um along with answering others. So I felt like it was a healthy dose of there was another show. I know with lost at a certain point, it was like every episode introduced a new question or a new like possibility. Well, yeah. And I was like, I need, I need just give me one answer at least just answer one of the, one of the storylines, give that a definitive end or give that, you know, a- answer a, a lingering question and then introduce more stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and this show did not, you know, didn't have that problem at all. So I far, agree. so far, and hopefully they keep it that way, you know. 
Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I want these questions that are currently up right now answered uh, and then new questions introduced in the next season. Yeah. Uh, okay. So these scientists or the laboratory from that laboratory find a substance oozing from the walls at Will's house, Joyce's house. Uh, um, just something oozing there. Um, at Mike's house, they bring L over. So the kids bring L back to the house and she recognizes Will in a photo. Um, we noticed that the kids don't notice that though. Not yet. Um, uh, didn't Mike notice it? Um, I think right Mike there. saw that yeah. she, Oh, yeah, you're right. Mike, Mike you're was right. like, was like, no, that's Willie's missing. And she was, you know, inferred that she had seen him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she, this is when she uses her psychokinesis too to lock the door so that Dustin and Lucas won't tell Mike's parents about her. Um, so we get to find I, I talked to plenty of people who who were really hating on Lucas and I did not feel like that that character was being unreasonable at all. No. Like like not only does he pose very valid questions and was right in a lot of situations about where Elle's from and the fact that she has powers and the fact that she was misleading at times. Um but he's a child. Right. And he's scared, right? Like, th- this is a freaky, scary situation that they're in. And so he's I trying totally to protect his friends. Him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, so he, I really liked, I really liked Lucas. I, I think a lot of people didn't, but I did. I, 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 I agree with you. I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in, uh, my favorite is Lando references that come later. Because <laughs> it's, it, it, it works out so perfect. And coming from him is just amazing the way he does it. Because he's like, well, well, no. When when the Lando reference comes out, he's like, "No, nah, shut up, shut up." Wait, okay, all right, all right, <laughs> Lando. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I I enjoyed Lucas a lot. Yeah, it's not unbelievable at all what he does. I think what people get upset about is because they want to defend L and he's against L, and right? Because you're but so sympathetic agree. towards the L character that that overweighs the fact that you you know these 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 guys are friends and they're children. Well, so. I agree with Johnny. He's a kid, and you got to be suspicious. These are at 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 that point. These are your boys, man. Yeah. And all of a sudden, shit's going crazy, and now this girl shows up with powers. So yeah. So to me, Lucas at that point was the most real character that we had. Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of felt like that would be the role that I would play. You know, like if the three of us and and Randy, right? <laughs> like we were all who's missing? In a situation. Who's, which one's Will? Randy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Randy, because he's not here. Um, I I feel like like if you guys were buying into everything that was happening, I feel like I would be taking a step back and going, "Well, wait a minute, hold on. If See, you I, guys are all going to believe this, that's fine, but I'm going to then play devil's advocate." Yeah, and I kind of felt like Dustin was riding the middle, like he was like, "Let's see where this goes," type of thing, instead of just jumping to one way or the other. Right. Um, I felt like he was kind of right until until later. Then he totally ends up on L's side before Lucas does. Um, but oh, sure, yeah. At the beginning, I think he's right in the middle. He's like, I don't know, but but it's awesome. She's got powers. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he uh, was the most excited. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's the fanboy. Like he totally he's he digs what's going on, but he also is very afraid. Um, definitely oh, not yeah. not the bravest kid of the group. You know, obviously that's more Mike or Will. I would think even Will uh, is probably braver than than Dustin. Um, in oh, this, for sure, this yeah. Whole situation. Um, in searching for Will Hopper, who's the the police, the the, the chief, 
of police who, by the way, she wanted me to get this point in. That's Jenny's favorite character is the police chief. Yeah, he's, Hopper was great. Yeah. He's probably he's probably mine too. Okay. Um, I feel like I have to separate him because I love the kid actor so much. Yeah. And and so I'd separate the kid and adult. He was definitely my favorite adult in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, while searching for Will, Hopper discovers a torn piece of Elle's hospital gown outside the laboratory gown, uh, grounds. So now he's kind of starting to put pieces together of this girl that ends up in town and this, you know, this lab that's outside of town. Um, so there's that. Uh, we get introduced in episode one, but we, you know, we get more introduced to Nancy, which is Mike's older sister, uh, and her friend Barb, <laughs> Barb, who has taken the internet by storm, uh, for some, <laughs> oh, yeah. for some reason, uh, Nancy is dating Steve. Who's the, the your typical eighties D D bag character, which is fantastic. Uh, you're, you're not oh, complete with that eighties hair and the jacket. Yeah. Just and total, jacket, total, yeah. total eighties, like total, uh, Robert Downey Jr. From weird science. <laughs> uh, just, just perfectly done. Perfectly. You're not supposed to like him, but you kind of think oh, maybe he could be likable. You don't know. And then you find out, yeah, he's a, he's a complete jerk. Uh, well, not complete. He's like ninety percent. Not complete. Right. He redeems himself. Right. See, I don't even think he's ninety percent a jerk. I, I I think 60. he's a good dude. Sixty percent. He's just got some bad friends. Yeah, bad friends. Are That's you saying sixty percent a good dude or sixty percent a jerk? Uh, it's sixty forty. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I got ninety percent. I got ninety percent good dude. Ten percent bad friends. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a little bit influenced by the people around him, like they, well, you know. But at, but at the same oh, well, time, they, those two were hundred percent evil. Those <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two are terrible. But at, at the same time, we can make these ratings at the end. At this point, yeah. <laughs> at this point, yeah, right. He's, a, he's a, oh, see, I didn't think so at all. At this point, they didn't, they hadn't really done anything to show me that this guy, right? Is he was a just, tool. he's just a just. He is a tool, but he's not a bad guy. He's he's a, he's a typical high school douche, right? Yeah, but not a, yeah. not a bad guy. But he's just annoying. Yeah. Like he's not a guy right. you'd hang out with. Um, but he's he's that that popular, you know, really annoying guy. Like that you just yeah. didn't didn't like because you were the one he was picking on or something, you know. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so they go like, to a... when he made poor choices. It didn't seem like he was doing them out of spite or anything. Like the first thing he did was he broke that dude's camera. Oh right, uh, but right. but because he was taking pictures of her, right, right. So he broke Jonathan's camera, which makes sense. Jonathan took pictures of them, you know, unknowingly. It was like a voyeur thing, right? Um, but it was almost like he, and it felt like to me that he needed to be the one in the group to, you know, to teach Jonathan a lesson. Yeah. Um, not necessarily because he thought he needed to do that, but because he was in a group of people and it was like pure pressure almost. And then the other bad thing he did was the whole writing that Nancy was a slut, but he didn't write it. His friends did. Right. And he was hurt knowing. I mean, that makes sense. He saw his girlfriend hanging out in a room late at night with some other kid. Yeah. So he's a he's a teenager. He's hormonal. He's emotional. <laughs> and his friends, he tells his friends about it. They start writing this stuff. And he's like, you know what? This is making me feel better because yeah. I'm angry right now. Right. Totally makes sense. Like, I didn't think anything he did was was the was like a cliche. I'm a douchebag teenager and I treat people like garbage. I think he's a really good kid, like in his heart. 
Well, when you look at when you look back at the whole product, but as it was going through, he kind of was a douche, douche. He's okay. Oh, he's good. All right, all right. I, was, I like that. I didn't feel that at yeah, all. Like I, 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 I was on board with his character from the beginning because I felt like he wasn't that typical douche. See, because there was more to him. I didn't start liking him until he went to the theater owner and asked to help clean it. That's yeah, really. That, that's when I started I, liking him. That was like the second to last episode or yeah. something. I thought he was, I thought he was a douche because I'm you know, I guess I'm watching it as a parent. You know, he's trying uh-huh. to hook up. So I'm like, oh, this kid's a douche. He's just uh-huh. he's trying to get this girl to do that. And he there was Well, I, yeah, I didn't if believe there was a daughter. Yeah. But, so Yeah. I mean he's, I, I he's like not at the beginning. He's not like the bullies that, you know, end up squaring off right. with the with the boys, with the kids. Right. Nothing yeah, nothing like them. That's to the writers and the actors' credit, though, because yeah. when he did things like when he broke the camera, he looked hesitant to do it, but did it because he was supposed to. Like that was the thing to do in that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I liked him from the beginning. From the moment he showed up, I, I really enjoyed him. Mm-hmm. Um. So continuing on here, we kind of jumped around, but that's okay. Um, Will's brother, Jonathan, who we just kind of first started talking about, he's an older brother, desperate to find his brother because he feels responsible because he wasn't home on time, uh, when he was supposed to be because he was working. Um, so he's, he's investigating the disappearance. He's taking pictures in the woods where Will went missing. He hears screaming and he runs and sees Steve, Nancy, uh, Barb and all the friends are playing around a swimming pool. And he starts taking pictures of them, and that's when Steve and Nancy go up to the bedroom to get a little uh, personal. Oi! And that's when he's taking pictures of them in the bedroom, not seeing that Barb sitting on a on on the diving board, and the Demogorgon or you know whatever that we're calling that thing is standing right behind Barb on the on the uh, diving board, and then she disappears before he can get a picture of what's going on. Um. So she's gone. And then Joyce at home receives yet another call from Will. Here's music coming from his room and sees something coming through the wall, which was awesome. Um, very cool stuff. That effect, the stuff in the house, I really enjoyed, uh, even though, mm-hmm. uh, even though parts of it don't make any sense. Like there's no real logic to it, especially when they go to the other side later. Um, we'll, we'll... Yeah. You wonder, you wonder how this creature can travel. Right. No, right. it it does make sense because everything from the other side is translated through those lights. Right, but how do those lights work on the other side? We never see Will operating the lights. Right. That's, and how do, how does that creature create a doorway? Right. To just crawl through the the wall. Sometimes he like destroys the ceiling or the wall crawling out, and sometimes it's a tree that opens up because right. he's with a the creature shit in it. Well. But that's not really an answer, though. I mean, yeah. I hear what you're saying. It, I, I, those are questions that I'd want answered, that I'd like to know. How can he do that? <laughs> right. So that's the end of episode two. Episode three is called uh, Holly Jolly. Uh, it should be noted, again, this is November, so it's near Christmas. And these events of these eight episodes take place over, like, less than a week. Um, it's like three, three or four days or something. Uh, so it's, it's a rather quick-moving story. Um... Episode starts with Barb waking up in an empty pool near a dark creature. She tries to climb out, but it's dragged back down. Um, and that's kind of the last we see of Barb for a while. Uh, and that was the first introduction of what this other world is, the upside right. down. 
Right, what they call the Upside Down, which we don't get, I don't think we get named until, like, episode five. Mm. Um, but we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, so Joyce starts figuring some stuff out, so she hangs these Christmas lights around her house against a wall with an alphabet with some creepy handwriting on that alphabet, but it looks great. <laughs> I like the aesthetic. I don't know why she chose that font uh, when she was doing it, but it's very creepy. Uh, but she's able to establish communication with Will, who can turn them on and off. So she he starts spelling things and things like that. Uh, I, I enjoyed that scene a lot. Um, and that, oh, yeah. That, that, that method of communication was very cool. Uh, meanwhile, Chief Hopper and his deputies are uh, looking into the lab. And the, the, the guy that, that runs the place, Dr. Martin Brenner, uh, a woman who named Terry Ives, who claimed her daughter was taken by these scientists. Um, the story kind of lines up, so we're led to kind of believe that Elle might be this girl, that Terry Ives, uh, her, her daughter that was taken from her, well, pretty much at birth. So it should be noted at this point, we, we've we learned that um, Hopper once had a daughter who died. Right? Oh, right, yeah, he's he's having a lot of flashbacks um, to this this story. Yes, his daughter went missing and then turned up dead, right? No, no, his daughter got. Oh sick. no, that's right. Yeah, she she, she died in the hospital. That's right. Yeah, he's yeah. in the hospital yeah. with her. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's the Ives woman who says that she had her daughter and was taken from her. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And she's gacked out. She's all gacked out on something. Yeah, she's she's messed up. Her sister's like she's not going to talk to you, and uh, but she eventually starts talking a little bit. But yeah, she's messed up in the head. And this was one of those episodes that was directed by Sean Levy, who yeah. is very hit and miss with his movies. Um, uh, Sean Levy, yeah, he's done Big Fat Liar, Just Married, Cheaper by the Dozen, The Pink Panther, Night at the Museum, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, Date Night, which is a good movie, uh, Real Steel, The Internship, which I actually liked, um, if that's the movie I'm thinking of, uh, and Night at the Museum, Secret of the Two. <laughs> um, those are his movies. So, yeah, which again, his movies are like, I mean, they're just hit and miss. Sometimes they're fine. Sometimes they're okay. Sometimes they're bad. He doesn't really have movies that are just good and to like his, a good movie. Right. To his credit, he's directed some episodes of, or an episode of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is a good show. Um, oh, yeah. He yeah, actually is awesome. He actually stars. He's a morgue worker in one of the episodes of Stranger Things. I didn't know that. You oh, know, really? A little, little cameo there. I never would have guessed that Sean Levy had anything to do with this show. Oh, no, I wouldn't have either. He's the only one, too. He's the only outside. Uh, the Duffer Brothers directed every other episode. He did two um, episode three and four. Yeah. And four is probably one of my favorites. We'll get there. We'll, we will get there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got introduced to this Terry Ives story whose child is missing. Then we go, we get a, we get some L backstory. She has a flashback in which Brenner, whom she's calling Papa in this flashback, Mm -hmm. puts her in solitary confinement for refusing to telekinetically harm a cat. So we're just establishing here that Brenner, not a good dude. Nope. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, very mistreating of this little girl and probably uh, at least 10 other little children that we know of. Uh, Nancy is worrying about Barb, who is also missing. So in two days, we have two missing persons. Uh, we're focusing on one, but the whole city is probably focusing on both. Because this is the one thing from one person I heard that was upsetting is that 
this kid goes missing and parents aren't like, you got to stay home. You can't go out. I need to know where my kids are 24 seven. And I'm like, you got to understand that one, it's the eighties, very different time back then. Right. Small talked, town. We've talked about it before where you could just run out of the house and not tell your mom where you're going as long as you're within yelling distance or back yeah. before the lights on the streetlights came on or something, you know? Uh, we didn't really worry about guys in vans handing out candy to kids to get them to nope. come into their van. I mean, it was there was stranger danger for sure. And there was always don't take candy from an adult. But that was because they were inviting you. They weren't just grabbing you and running. Um, mm-hmm. Or it wasn't like, you know, mainstream media that we were hearing about it every day. Um, anyway, so Nancy's worrying about Barb who's missing, uh, her boyfriend and his friends find out that Jonathan was taking those pictures. So we get that story where he destroys the camera. Um, but Nancy notices before she leaves that there's a picture of Barb before she disappears. Um, so she goes back to Steve's house to look for her. Nancy finds the Barb's car and then sees the creature in the woods at that point. Um, uh, Joyce in communicating with Will is able to find out that he's still alive, but he's not safe. And that's when she tells, or he tells Joyce to run as, as the creature is starting to climb through the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point at the end of the episode where Will's body is discovered in the water at a quarry. Man, that broke my heart. Yeah. Wasn't that a crazy, that's a crazy ending. Because you think this whole time she's communicating with Will, and then you find out, oh, he's been dead. Um, so yeah, leading to what Johnny says is probably his favorite episode, the body. Made me sad. The body, it's called. Um, oh, such a good one. Yeah. Uh, L proves to the boys that Will is still alive by making him contact them, uh, making contact through Mike's walkie-talkies. Well, I think it made me more. I think it, that back to that. I think it made me more sad because the other boys were there to see it. Them taking, oh yeah, taking and Mike, the body and out? Mike yeah. gets all upset with L yeah. saying, yeah. "You said that you, you know, that he was still alive." Oh yeah. right, yeah, yeah. That's what that that's what made me more upset because the boys were all there, and that's what happened. Is that the whole friends that, friends don't lie I, or friends? When I, when I saw it, I wasn't believing that it was Will anyway, but when. They identified it, and the boys were all in a flush. And like you said, Mike was like, "L, you told me, you told me." Is that that's the moment where she said, where they say the friends don't lie, or you know, friends keep promises, yeah, uh, type yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, but that's why this episode begins with her trying to prove herself to, to to at least Mike that Will is still alive, and so they. They go through the, the walkie-talkie, and so them being the big geeks that they are, they go back to their science teacher, Mr. Clark, who has a very powerful ham radio, and they have this little club, love I guess. Love that, dude. Um, love that. Yeah, aside from Hopper, this guy's my favorite. I love the whole that, show. dude. Yeah, I'm with you. He was amazing. He was the substitute, like, scientist um, or, uh, like, like go-to figure. Mm-hmm. You know, in a movie, they're like, hey, I know someone who knows about this. Like, in every movie... Yeah, because yeah, later on, later on when they call him and he's like, "I'm in, I'm in the middle of movie night." Oh man, when he's told us on that chick, I, I, that Ooh. that was awesome. That yeah. was wow. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I thought for sure he was involved in some way. No, um, I, thought, I thought he was just a just a genuine dude that was when he when he when he exposed him to the radio. I mm-hmm. thought that was. That's what cemented him as he's just a good dude. No, I thought he letting was these kids, letting these kids experience something. It was when he was talking to Hopper when they were searching for him. 
uh, for Will when they were doing the search party, and he first walks up to Hopper and they start talking. That's when we kind of learn the backstory on Hopper's daughter. I'm yeah. like, okay, this is the this teacher is is going to be important to these children at least. Like, he's going to be a key yeah. figure, and it ends up being that that relationship. That's very cool. Yeah, he's one, he's kind of he's one, he was one of my favorite play, one of my favorite, one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and he was getting that hot chick too at the end. Yeah, right, you know? right. Uh, oh, man. that was surprising. The geek gets the girl. <laughs> oh man. That was a good looking woman. Um, yeah, yeah, and to turn her down to talk to some kids on on the on a phone about some weird stuff, uh, getting deep. Um, so yeah, so they use the this new powerful ham radio that Mister Clark, uh, good last name by the way, uh, that he got so that they can contact um, contact Will, uh, L and the boys over here. Will talking to his mother saying he's afraid. So we kind of get that that living room conversation again. It's at the same time. That Joyce is tearing the wallpaper, revealing like flesh on the on the wall, um, and and she, she breaks the wall with an axe, but it just opens yeah. up up to her front porch. Uh, kind of a bummer there. <laughs> um, Nancy looking at the photo or Jonathan's photo of Barb realizes that the monster is also in frame. So she and now having seen it at uh, at um, Mike's house or not Mike's house at. Uh, What's her boyfriend's name? Uh, Steve. Steve. Steve's house. Yeah. Uh, she kind of has something to go by. So Jonathan realizes the description of the creature that Nancy gives matches exactly what her, his mother's been saying the whole time because he's been saying his mom's crazy. Um, it's a humanoid figure with long arms and no face. Uh, which so far this creature was awesome. I thought it was great. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Hopper finally confronts the state trooper because at this point he believes, you know, the body is of will. But Nancy, or I'm sorry, not Nancy, but uh, Joyce is adamant that that's not her son. Uh, he confronts the state trooper who found Will's body, um, and then what what tips him off about that? That it, uh, I can't remember what he finds from the trooper that tips him off that he might be lying. Um, whatever. He ends up going to the morgue and cuts open the body and discovers it's a dummy. So that's when he heads to the lab and breaks in. <laughs> and that's the end of episode four, The Body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we're leading. So so I really, really like the fact that um, we we get characters early on who start to believe the crazy woman's story. Yeah. Um, I really hate it in movies and t- in TV shows when it's not until the last episode or the second to last episode when they're like, oh, she's not crazy. Maybe she actually knows something, um, especially as we're, you know, we see everything. You know, we're not only seeing from one person's point of view in this show. Yeah. So I really like that. I loved that scene when Hopper goes to the morgue and cuts open the body because I mean, that guy, I can't remember the actor's name. He did a fantastic job. David Harbour. Um, yeah, Harbour. David Har- Harbour. Harbour. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, man, I felt for him. Yeah. I totally felt for him because he looked like, I mean, he looked terrified at, at what he was doing tell you, that, and what he could find. He was my favorite character in the show. Because I believe from beginning to end, it was a redemption story. Not and really. you saw it play out, you know, because he was a fucking drunk at the beginning. I suppose, yeah. And 
now all of a sudden he, you know, you're in this small town where you haven't had anything to do, but get a cat out of the fucking tree. Now, now you got something to do. And that's for me, it was a redemption story. And it went back to his, his daughter. And that's where he became the man that we saw towards the end. That's why he's my favorite character mm. of this story. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's as much um, uh, the the kid's story of finding their friend, right? Yeah, and uh, and him like finding redemption, uh, kind of. I mean, or at least making we'll sure about it later, making sure of not another child doesn't die. Yeah, because yeah. I think at the, I, I think to, towards the end he'd have walked through hell to make sure none of those kids would have had to do anything. I think it was oh, more. Yeah. Of, I think it was also more protecting Joyce from having to experience what he experienced. Exactly. Yeah, oh, they, yeah they, sure. they get they get close. Not I, I wouldn't say romantically, but they get close. Joyce and and Hopper, especially uh, once he starts getting on board with her theory. Yeah, uh, or or with her story, and not just thinking it's some grieving mother. Right. Exactly. Uh. So yeah, episode five: the flea and the acrobat. This is when we get real. We get all sciency up in here. Um. So Will's <laughs> we get we get a look into Will's father, Lonnie who is uh, trying to tell Joyce that she's just hallucinating, and this guy's just a D-bag, uh, the dad. Yep. Um, the boys still believe that Will's alive, and he's trapped in an alternate dimension, which Elle's calling the Upside Down, and that's based on, um, well, it, it's the same place, but on another level of existence is what they're calling it. After Will's funeral, which they still have a funeral because the world believes Will's dead, but it's just these people that don't think it, like Joyce and, and the cop and Hopper mm-hmm. and the boys. Uh, after Will's funeral, or kind of during Will's funeral, they call up Mr. Clark, uh, the science teacher, and they're asking about dimensions. And he tells them that a space-time tear could create a passage between dimensions. Um, but it would have to be something where it would have just there need to be something with so much energy to do it that it's impossible on without like destroying uh, the <laughs> like it, it's it's just like this that's that's bare basics of what he says the way he describes it it's very um, it's hard hard to describe <laughs> without using exact quotes because it's it's a very thick and dense theory he um, is like the smartest he guy. It he's, out. Like the, he's like the smartest guy in the show. It's funny to me that he's got this information ready. It's one of those yeah. it's one of those things like of course he has this information ready and he's just this like 8th grade 6th 7th grade teacher, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think we skipped over the most important part of this episode which was during the funeral Dustin says like wait do we tell Will that Julie, what's her face is crying. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that was so cool. I liked it a lot because of his optimism. Like we're gonna find him. You know, we're gonna get him back, and he's gonna he's gonna die overhearing that this cute girl that he's got a crush on came to his funeral and was crying. <laughs> uh, I loved it. Um, so yeah, uh, the deputies that that I really didn't like. <laughs> Uh, the they two, were both. They were both douche. Yeah, they 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 tell Hopper that Barb's car was found by the state, uh, which Hopper finds suspicious that they're the state's involved in this investigation whatsoever. Um, going back to the the tear in space time disrupting the electromagnetic field theory, based on what Mister Clark told the boys, they follow their compasses to find the source of the disruption. 
Um, this is when we, we kind of get to a fight, which we'll get to in a minute between Lucas and Mike. Uh, but L gets a flashback of being placed in a sensory deprivation tank to telepathically intercept information from a Russian spy. Um, just, just crazy amount of powers that she has and that they're experimenting her on in this, this is this facility. Um, but while she's listening to the spy, she comes across the creature. So that's, we, we kind of find out, uh, that little backstory. So now Elle's afraid of finding the gate because she's afraid of finding the creature. So she tells the, you know, directs the compasses away from the laboratories. And of course, Lucas feels that this is a huge betrayal. Uh, once he finds out. And so he confronts her and Mike's defending her, of course, because he's got a bit of a crush on her. Because um, he's a boy. And we were talking about hormones and puberty before. He's got and bad hair. <laughs> and he's got bad hair. Yes. Uh, well, while they're fighting, Elle protects Mike by telekinetically flinging him across the, the little area there. Uh, Lucas Oops. eventually recovers. He gets up, runs away. So we got a little little spat between our, our friends. Um, and I think it's a, a rightfully so both sides, of course. Uh, Lucas, should yeah. be, Lucas should be offended that she betrayed them. And, and they're trying to find their, their best friend, Will. I mean, and that's kind of when we learned that Lucas and Mike are best friends, too. Um, like the, the relationship between the four of them, who's closest to who. What have you noticed? I think, I don't know, it's at this episode, the only one calling her L is Mike. Right. Everyone, every, everyone else is still calling her 11. Right. She, he's closer to her because he's also hiding her in his basement. Right. Right. Um, but so, the other the other boys are still calling her 11. They don't believe it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, Dustin is still all just jacked up about her powers. He really doesn't know which way to right. think. Yeah, yeah. He don't care. Yeah. He's just kind of along for the ride, so to speak. Um. In the woods now, Nancy and Jonathan are kind of investigating together where they find a wounded deer, which the creature then drags away. They follow the blood trail. Nancy crawls, you know, genius, geniusly crawls through a, t- a tree. Yep. Which ends, Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you? Right. Which ends her up in inside this upside down world uh, where she finds the creature feasting upon the deer. And that's the end of the episode. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome ending. So- so I I don't think we really talked about her much yet, but Nancy yeah. uh, was super super cool. I'm glad she wasn't like the stereotypical high school female, which they started in an her, 80s movie. They started her out to be that way because when Dustin comes to bring her a piece of pizza, obviously a little boy with a crush, because one time she helped them out with their D and D. So she's the cool older hotter sister, you know, and she like mm-hmm. just she, she just shuts them down, and she's like, yeah, your sister sucks now, <laughs> you know, like. She's she's a real she's a real d bag. Uh, I don't remember exactly what they say outside the, the house at the front door, but yeah, they're all like, "Yeah, she's changed." And he's like, "Whatever." Uh, but yeah, she she quickly turns that around into being a very cool character. I thought. Yeah, I she was totally enjoyable. And you kind of and again, her story is believable too. She's just a teenage girl uh, dating a boy, mm-hmm. and she's trying to just be a teenage girl and she ends up sleeping with Steve and she, you know, ends up regretting it and tries to tell her mother about it or wants her mother wants her to at least. Um, anyway. Yeah, you're right. Nancy, Nancy's a very cool character up to this point. And now she's fallen prey to the upside down. 
Yeah, that that freaked me out. That scared me when the deer got pulled away. <laughs> right. And then they just go, oh, let's just run after it. Um, and then she goes into the tree. I didn't know what to think about going into the tree. That was a weird. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, white people. Only white people do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, winding down, we got three episodes left. Uh, episode six is the monster. Can you guess what this one's about? Uh, so we start off at the portal or the tree, uh, whatever you want to call it. Jonathan finds and pulls Nancy through the portal, saving her from the creature. Um, uh, it's at this point, she's just totally freaking out. So she's too afraid. And she asks Jonathan to stay. That's when Steve sees them together. And we talk about the big, uh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> the big, the big showdown in the, in the alleyway, uh, <laughs> while Nancy and Jonathan are, buying army supplies and stuff from an army surplus store when you could, yeah, that was great when you could just go buy ammo for no reason uh with, i know right with no id and not even be 18 uh, yeah i like the guy who questioned them and then they give him this bs answer and he's like all right was they're making a movie right it's all good yeah 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 he just goes huh yeah <laughs> right uh, so Jonathan and Steve get into a big fight over the, the spray painting incident. Jonathan's standing up for, for Nancy and Steve also thinks he's standing up for Nancy or actually more so himself at this point. He feels he's been betrayed. Uh, so they get into and Jonathan a, and Jonathan beats his ass. And oh then, man, he went nuts on him. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan's got some issues clearly. Uh, and he ends up getting arrested ass uh, ass beaten. Yeah. But when he, when he accidentally beats up an officer, uh, yeah. So he gets arrested. Um, at the same time, Joyce and Hopper are investigating together. Uh, once Hopper finds out that his house had been bugged, he goes over to make sure her house hasn't also been bugged. Uh, I like, love that. I like the scene when he's trying to figure out where the bug is. He's just destroying his, his trailer. <laughs> but my favorite yeah. is when he walks in, he sees all the bulbs. He's like, you can see the look on his face. He's like, oh, what no. The fuck? Yeah, I got to look through all these bulbs. <laughs> yeah. You can see the look, and he's like, no, for real? For real. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh, man, it's so funny. Uh, this is actually the episode where they've discovered that Elle is uh, biologically Terry Ives' daughter. Um, that's when they track her down and they actually talk to her. Uh, she she went through the MK Ultra training while she was pregnant. So we're kind of getting into why perhaps Elle has abilities. Um. And her her real name, do you guys catch what her real name is? You should say allegedly on that. I'm sorry, allegedly. Elle's real name? Yeah. yeah. Jane. Yeah, Jane Jane Ives. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, she was taken by Brenner. Um, and so now we've kind of got her backstory. So there's some answers there to those questions. Uh, allegedly, Tom, of course, allegedly. Yep. Uh, we see Elle shoplifting some frozen waffles because she's on her own now, and she loves them waffles. She loves them. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a great scene, too, when she just walks in, gets the waffles, and walks out. Yeah, yeah. You gotta pay for those. Uh, yeah, and it's at this point that she recalls how she accidentally opened the gate to begin with. Uh, she's the reason the gate to the Upside Down is open because of a reconnaissance mission she was going through, and it allowed the monster to come through. Uh, that was sad to to kind of realize this all started because of L. Mm-hmm. But in, I mean, we all know it's Brenner's fault, but it's it's an accident by L that that caused this. Anyway, 
searching while searching for L, Mike and Dustin get ambushed by the bullies. Uh, Troy and his other friend. Troy, ultimate bully of the the year, holds a, kni- a knife at Dustin's throat, demanding that Mike jump off the cliff. What a like, man! These are some extreme bullies. Like these are taking like yeah. we're not doing wet willies and, and wedgies. We're we're making you kill yourself. <laughs> like that's that's some hard because they were like this was because they were embarrassed, right? Um, what? Well, be- yeah, Troy was embarrassed. Yeah, because the, L made him somehow- pee his pants. Yeah, yeah, in front of everyone in his school. Yeah, right. Um, what I thought was really cool was kind of up until this point, they were like typical bullies. Mm-hmm. I really like the fact that they made um, Dustin do that thing, like in the first episode, when they like, do that disgusting thing. And then he like uh, dislocates his uh, oh right um, his, his shoulder or something. Yeah. Because um, that's what bullies did. They like made fun of you because of some weird thing that you're capable of doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then he took it to a whole nother level by holding him at knife point and demanding that one of them kill themselves, essentially. <laughs> and then they're they're shocked. It's the same lake also where the where Will's body was discovered, the quarry. Um, they're shocked that Will actually does it. Or I'm sorry, that Mike actually jumps off the cliff. Um but he but he's saved by L, who levitates him. And uh yeah, a pretty cool moment. Then the kids run away. Um well she knocks him away, I think, doesn't she? Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's at this point that we get back to Lucas, who's following his compass, his trusty compass, into the woods. He gets to a big, long fence, and he keeps following it along and along and along. Finally, he sees the agents leaving the lab and realizes they're heading to Mike's house. Um, based on, I think, the, the type of van they were, they were driving, or did he overhear something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were all driving the same utility van. Right, right. And they were all, this is when they were all running out scattered. Um, so and he remembers remembered seeing that van outside his house oh that's right yep yeah that's it uh so then we move on to chapter seven episode seven the bathtub aptly named the bathtub and you'll hear why in a minute uh this is my second favorite episode this is i love this because of what because of lucas um lucas riding his bike as fast as he can with his walkie-talkie saying the bad men are coming i loved it uh so he's trying to warn mike uh that they're coming to the house mike dustin and l are at their house or they're about to be in the house is when they when they escape with with Lucas's help because they see them coming through the window right. Um, the mom is trying to talk to him yeah. about where he's been been yeah. for the past like night, and then uh, the van pulls up and he you know they 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 leave. Uh, L flips a van while they're on their bikes. Very. Did uh, you see that? Did you see her <laughs> flip the van? Uh, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. They were doing some some ET bicycling uh, all together. Uh, that felt reminiscent of E.T. Yep. Uh, until she flipped the van. That wasn't E.T. Uh, they get to the junkyard base that they have, and Lucas and Mike reconcile along with L. Um, Lucas realizing that L is just afraid and trying to protect them all. So it was a good moment. Um, finally, Joyce and Hopper come back to the police station because of Jonathan's arrest, and that's where they find Nancy and Jonathan. And this is where Jonathan spills the beans about the creature to his mom and to Hopper. So now everybody's informed. We got the the four there that all know what's going on. Um, Everything's kind of coming together now. Uh, The group all contacts Mike, trying to find Mike, because Nancy... uh, Something about about it, Nancy connects to Mike. I can't remember what it was. Um, But they all rendezvous with the junkyard in that bus where they're 
they find out that um, Eleven is with the boys. Oh, right, right. And yeah, Hopper needs to find her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Hopper puts it together. But they come to the junkyard. They're very afraid to tell them where they are. Uh, finally, they do, and they come to the junkyard where the bus is, and they start making a plan to make their own little sensory deprivation tank to help amplify Elle's powers again so they can find Will and Barb. Uh, they do this in the middle school where they make the tank, because uh, of course you'd go to the middle school. Why wouldn't you? And they call the they call the science teacher again. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Joyce, this is one of my favorite scenes is when Joyce helps Elle. Um, when they're in the pool together yes. and she's trying to, trying to keep her grounded, like, you know, like a mom, like she is, she's, well, she told her, she told her going in, I've got you. Right. I'm here for you. I'm going to keep you safe. Um, yeah. you know, you're not, you don't have to be afraid. I'm with you. Yeah. It was a great moment. I loved it. Um, so she, uh, Elle gets back into the upside down, still terrified. Elle is clearly terrified to do this. Um, there she finds Barb is dead. But Will is still alive, and he's hiding in his Castle Byers fort that they that he made in the normal world. But he's hiding in the upside down world version. Um. Uh, at this point, Hopper and Joyce break into Hawkins' lab to save Will, but they're apprehended by the guards. Um, and then at that, it's at this point that Nancy and Jonathan are determined to kill the monster. Uh, so they get their gear back from the police station. Um, and it's inside the upside down that the monster breaks into the fort where Will is hiding. So that's how that episode mm. ends, leading up to the finale. Yeah, that was scary. Yeah, that was scary when his fort starts breaking. Oh yeah, crashing. yeah. Uh, so chapter eight, the upside down, the ending, which came too soon in my opinion. I just wanted so much more. Like I just couldn't believe it was over. Um, could have gone for could have gone for more episodes. I think so. Yeah, but I don't, you run the risk of you know. Going to stretching it out, you know, right? Um, getting that's why, I say, I like, that's why that's why that's why I say four. I'm much more on board with this new pattern uh, that started emerging with the Netflix yeah. uh, series specifically to keep it like eight to ten episodes a season. Um, and actually, Breaking Bad was another one that started that kind of too, where it was like, well, FX FX um, Network did it first, and HBO did it too. Those short short seasons, twelve episodes ish. Um, oh, that's right. That's yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Breaking and, Bad was the one I was first exposed to. Sure, sure. Uh, they they did it yeah, well. I, yeah, I feel like the stories are fleshed out much better well, than just hey, let's try to get twenty some odd episodes. Yeah, I think in Star Trek, the new Star Trek show is doing the same thing. It, when you try to do twenty two episodes, you end up with filler. Uh, it's it, there's just no no getting around it. You have to have filler episodes, and they're weak. And, you know, you'll, you'll see it when you binge watch them. Like, if you binge watch a season of The Flash, all the episodes are fun and good, but there's definite filler. Yeah. Um, and you can see it. But, all right. So, let's jump into this episode eight, Upside Down, and wrap things up here. Uh, Brenner is interrogating Hopper to give up Elle's location in exchange for neutrality um, and access to the gate uh, so that they can get Will back. Um, he and Joyce enter, enter the gate in hazmat suits, which is, which is cool. Uh, they find the nests that the creatures have been living in, and that's where they also find Will unconscious with a slug-like creature in his esophagus. Uh, things are getting things are getting real weird up in here. Uh, Nancy and Jonathan they set up booby traps around the buyer's house, um, and then cut their hands to attract the creature with the blood because they remember the deer. Um, 
So they assume the blood's going to bring him to him, which it does. <laughs> uh, and when they think it's coming, Steve shows up at the door. Uh, kind of getting in the way of their plans. He's there to apologize to Jonathan, which is cool because he's manning up. He's uh, being that good character that Johnny says he's been the whole time. Hell yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good good people make dumb choices sometimes. Oh yeah, that doesn't make him a bad dude. He's right. a very he's he's a good dude in the show. He's a really good dude. Mm-hmm. But he's the cool guy, and he and he gets peer pressured by his friends, and then at a certain point, he won't take it anymore. So he says fuck you guys i'm out of here yeah now there's nothing wrong with that at all especially in high school and especially during the 80s before there was all this awareness of bullying and standing up for yourself and yada yada that's that i felt like that was a typical 80s nice dude who was also popular right right um but before that they let him to do any of the stuff he's trying to do the monster attacks but steve's able to trap it um but i thought i I thought this uh, uh, would stop this one, this moment, when he came in, I thought he was going to die outside. Oh, the way for he sure. was bleeding, they, I was like, oh, okay, he's going to die. Then I he totally went, thought he was, too. I was like, um, the lights are flashing. He's standing outside. I'm thinking, bye. Yeah. Then he goes inside, and he picks up the bat. And I wasn't a fan of Steve, but the minute he picked up that bat, he started wearing out the monster. And they... The bat flip. The bat flip is what got him. <laughs> he, he did the bat flip and caught it, and he started wearing that thing out. I was like, this dude is a boss, man. This guy is a beast. Uh, I told my son, I was like, he was he was wearing into that monster like it was a fucking like it was a fucking ball. Uh, all right. And so- I, I was I was like, Steve, Steve's good in my men. That's right. I, I didn't like Steve before. That's where I like Steve. All right, all right. Uh, got back on. Got back on Team Steve right there. Unfortunately, even with all that wailing on the monster, it does escape and gets back to the upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the middle school. Elle and the boys are hiding because uh, Brenner's agents are looking for him still. Uh, it's at this point. Yeah, because Hopper Hopper did her did did him in. Yep he he gave up the info. Um, he made the deal. Yeah. Uh, there's more to that deal though. Um which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. Uh, it's at this point that Mike asks Elle to a school dance, which is a funny scene because she has no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> so it's a, it's a cool scene. And then he ends up actually kissing her. So uh, we get, we get that, that kind of relationship conclusion quote air quotes. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, uh, but the agents come in. Elle is able to crush their brains though. <laughs> she, she just destroys all these agents. Um, but uh, Brenner gets gets her uh, because she's now weakened. She's been weakened from traveling over to the upside down in the pool and then trying to protect the boys um, at the same time. Uh, but then the monster comes in and starts attacking Brenner, which is awesome. Uh, the monster actually gets Brenner. Uh, and we will say we do not see Brenner die. That's all I'm going to say. That's kind of left up in the air, I think. Um, maybe that's just my theory, as as Tom breathes heavily. Uh, the boys end up escaping with Elle, and they're hiding in one of the... I think it's a science room, is what it looked like to me, which would make a lot of sense. Um, so the monster finds them and tries to attack them, but Elle pins it to the wall, and she's realizing she has to use up a lot of energy to save them, says goodbye to Mike, and in a white flash, they just disappear. 
Very cool. Yep. See ya. Very cool moment with L being super strong. Um, meanwhile, Will gets reunited with his mother, brother, and friends. Uh, so they're all back together. Happy, happy times there. Uh, Hopper gets taken away in a black car. He gets picked up by a black car. That's it. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then a month later, Nancy's back together with Steve. And they're both good friends with Jonathan. Look at that. Yeah. What you thought was obvious where she would get together with Jonathan didn't happen. I kind of like that. Um, I really like that. We'll see. I don't think they're going to end up together. Jonathan's a little weird. <laughs> so, uh, he's a little creepy. Um, but then we get more Hopper. It doesn't just end with him getting picked up in the black car. He's leaving Egos in a box in the woods. Uh-huh. Egos and something else, some uh, I think some meat yep. yeah. from the. Um, and then we go. We get to see Will at home. Will's happy with at home. He goes to the bathroom, uh, where he coughs up a slug-like creature. And then we briefly see a world like the Upside Down, and then he returns to dinner. The end. That is how. Right. That is how your season one of the Stranger Things ends. Um, yeah, that's just the storyline that took me an hour to, it took us an hour to go through the storyline of how great it was. We didn't even get into all the Easter eggs, the eighties references. Like there's so much there dive into. This is just, it's just a good show. It's so entertaining. Um, I, I don't know. This has been the best show of the year for me. And I love the flash uh, before, uh, season season two of the Flash was the best thing on television to me, in my opinion, uh, this past year. After especially after the Earth two episodes, uh, I was just so enjoying it. And then this show came out of nowhere to me, and like an RKO out of nowhere, just destroyed me. And I loved it. it. And I loved it. Um, what we know right now is that season two has been renewed, and it's actually coming out next year already, twenty seventeen. Yep. And it's going to consist. Yep. They'll have nine episodes this time, so we get one extra. And according to this webpage I'm looking at, they have the episode titles already listed. Yeah. You didn't see it? I don't know why we need to know the episode titles already, but... There's a there's a teaser going out, and it's got all the episode titles. Well, they're filming now, I guess, because the, the little girl just got sh- her head shaved again, I think. Is what I saw, unless that was like uh, behind the scenes of the first season. Maybe. Which could be. I well, so. I'm really excited. I'm glad it's the same story. I'm yeah. glad these characters are coming back. I was um, I'm not be, surprised the girl's returning. From what I read, the, the next season is going to be pretty much a year later, early, like close to a year later. I can't remember because I think it came out the same time that they said they wanted the Spider-Man movies to be like Harry Potter. I kind of think the Duffer Brothers said the same thing about these characters. They want to grow up with these characters. So each season will take it like a year further. It's what I wanted to say. I thought I read. Um, not hundred percent sure on that. So don't quote me, but I, I swear I thought I read that. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, I am too. Bring it on. Which means they got to get in, get to work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> keep it, keep it going. I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here because yes, there are threads that are still open. Uh, but how long can you leave those threads out without introducing something new, you know, new mystery. So, uh, definitely love the show. My favorite character is 11. 
uh, even though I related most to Dustin as a kid, I, I loved Eleven. Everything about Eleven. The mystery behind her, mm-hmm. um, the way she becomes with these friends, and uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But, of course, the Chief Jim Hopper is up there, too. Another great character. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's mine. Jim Hopper's my favorite because I, I thought it was a redemption story because he started off as a drunk and then came back just so intent on finding this boy. And then he found something else. Yeah, and we don't know exactly where that led him. We don't know the end right. of his story because he's clearly done something. Right. He's done something dark. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we also don't know if that's the end of Brenner. Um the 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 dust the Duffer brothers are hinting that he's not he may not be dead, but again that's that's t- pulling things along. But they did confirm because they were wondering people were wondering. Well, we didn't actually see Barb being dead. That was just Will seeing her body. Uh, we saw Barb dead. She is dead. Barb yeah. was dead. <laughs> I mean, when she when she went when she was dead and L went into the into the upside down. I remember she said, "Gone." Yeah. So, I don't know why it was everybody's asking about Barb. I think it's hopeful people. Seems, people just seems like people like the character and they wanted her to be alive. But yeah, Barb was cool. Well, she was the voice Gone. of reason, you know. Gone. To anyway, uh, lots to love about this show. Um, what is what is if you had to pick one thing, Johnny? Was the one thing you loved about this show? Um. How um, how the show did such a great job of getting the viewers invested in each character. I didn't feel like there was even one character that we could have done without. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think every single character was there for a reason. Um, even that doofy detective, or not detective, that doofy uh, cop, right? The one who was like always making mistakes, always putting his foot in his mouth, right? Um, even he was like was great and it, to the point where I thought there's got to be more to this guy than just these little goofy antics he gets in, you know, like I thought maybe is he like an undercover government dude and he's like part of the police force and he's intentionally being, you know, very, uh, very Don Knotts intentionally, you know? Yeah. But um, I mean, every character was interesting Every character I was invested in, and I don't I don't want a single character to not return. I want all of them back. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Tom, one thing. What's one thing you loved about the show? One thing? Yeah. The Lando reference. <laughs> Lando. Oh, it's Lando. Oh, it's not Lando. It's Lando. And then he finally said, ha, ah, it's Lando. <laughs> Love the Lando reference. That was a good moment. Um, my one thing kind of encompasses the whole series, the eighties feel just, it felt eighties. I I don't know why. I just love all things eighties. Mm. Um, maybe not so much all of the music from the eighties. Cause there's a lot of bad music in the eighties, but, uh, the feel of it just screamed. I'm an eighties movie. I'm an eighties show. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was great. I, I love that aesthetic feeling. Um, and I'm looking forward to see, like you could tell they tried hard for it to be that way. So I'm looking forward to see what they do next and how they, uh, what kind of, if they do any more of these kind of Easter egg type things or any of these uh, aesthetics that they kind of borrow from other movies. I'm looking forward to that. Hell yeah. So season two, we're all in for it. And uh, yeah, we can't wait. 
Uh, all right, that's our show this week. Stranger Things. What did you guys think? Hit us up on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom. Let us know what you thought. Um, well, if we missed anything, uh, we did get two comments about the show on Twitter. Uh, one from at Scott Neiswinder. Uh, he said it turned my world upside down. Ah, pretty clever. And at Cthulhu Collect, who is uh, one of our one of our avid listeners and a, and a fun guy to tweet with, he said it definitely didn't suck. It's a ringing endorsement for Stranger Things. <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. That's the final word on it. That's on the poster, actually. You know, with quotes. It definitely didn't yeah. suck. Right. <laughs> watch this. Watch this show. All and it right. could have thing. This this show. Granted, it's got eight episodes, right, yeah, to be right. quality. But this show did everything right that Super 8 did wrong. Oh, yeah. And I thought Super 8 was going to be great. Oh, I said high hopes for Super 8. Um, yeah, yeah. So, all right, that's our show this week. Johnny, you are from the Two Broke Geeks. Tell us all about it. Uh, nope, just two pals. Oh, I tried to slip you up there. I tried to sneak it past you. Nope. No, I heard that. I heard that. Uh, (laughs) Just two pals. Pal number one here from Just Two Pals. Uh, We are are on uh, Atomic Geekdom. We're on uh, iTunes and Google Play. And you can hit us up on Twitter at Just Two Pals. Uh, You can hit me up at Johnny Wellens and our Gmail if you feel like shooting us an email, which you should. Shoot us an email. I don't care what you say. Just say whatever. And I'll personally respond. Oh, I promise. A personal response. Uh, Yeah. Uh, we're at uh, just two pals pod at gmail.com and and the two and just two pals for both her Twitter and Gmail is the 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 number two numeral that's, that's a personal out. touch yep yeah that's right I'll personally respond to any email that you send me ask yeah. me a question and I will answer it I promise there you go uh, and I think that's it yeah, yeah that's it <laughs> uh, Tom Tom you are a host of a podcast can you tell us about it I am a host of uh, Ringside Geek. What we do is we talk about wrestling. Anybody want to like wrestling, old school, new school? We want to talk about it. Uh, what's the name of the show again? Ringside Geeks. And are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at skids underscore world. What about the? Pod- I might not. What about the podcast? Not, oh, the podcast is Ringside Geeks. It's at Ringside Geeks on Twitter. Yeah, that's it. My okay. bad. Yes, yes. All right. Uh, again, we are on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. And uh, we've talked about it a couple times now, but we'll talk about it again. The Satchel Podcast Player. It's a great way to get connected with all of these podcasts that you're listening to, um, including the Just Two Pals. They will be on there as well, probably by the time this comes out. Uh, you can do a few things with that app. It's called the Satchel Player, S A T C H E L. You can find it in the iTunes Store and the Google Play Store. Uh, you can do a few things like tweet directly to the show, or you can even send us a few bucks uh, if you if you want to support the show. That means right now, if you want to help support our show, you can send us a dollar, three dollars, ten dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever you want, however much you think we're worth. Uh, Fifty cents, you know, you know, I, I do bring the show down, but Tom brings it right back up. Uh, you can do that with the Satchel Podcast Player. It's a great podcast player. Got to check it out. If you're a podcaster, you can actually register your show at satchelplayer.com. 
and you can do these fine commercials yourself for your own show. It also helps you connect to local podcasts. You can actually see what podcasts come from your area. It's kind of cool to let you know what shows are recording in your area. You can kind of build a network of, of podcasting friends in your little city or your community and uh, help, help support each other in this wide world of podcasting. It's like the old West out here. Uh, we're all, we're all shooting each other. Yeehaw! We're all shooting each Woo! other and getting syphilis and <laughs> uh, anyway. Getting, what? Yeah, we're all getting <laughs> syphilis. <laughs> I didn't sign up for that. But... Uh, this definitely feels like the old days. What? Just like old times, eh, Dave? The old West. Where's <laughs> I thought, I, where, where's Randy? Randy is missing. He's in the upside down, remember? You said syphilis. I thought, well, my bad. No, he's lucky. He's actually you. You heard the word syphilis and immediately thought Randy. (laughs) He's gonna be so. He's gonna be so happy. That's no good. That's no good. He definitely. He definitely cares a lot about his image, there, buddy. (laughs) All right, guys, that's our show this week. Stay tuned next week. We will see you soon. Thanks a lot for listening. See ya.